the um, title of my message is not, it isn't about fathers, okay? Um, often I write about God, our Father, but <clears throat> today, the message that I have, I, 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 ignore, <clears throat> I can't talk today, ignore the roar, you know, ignore the roar, and then I can put a little slash in there, Terry, destroy the nest. Ignore the roar and destroy the nest. How on earth is he going to talk about that? Well, did you, you ever listen? We all have all listened to the television, and people have come in and said, why don't you turn that down? You know, and it's like, well, it was fine a minute ago, but they went to an advertisement. Boom, the volume goes up. <clears throat> or you're watching a movie or something, and what happens when they come to this intense part? part? The volume goes up. You know, they're trying to, you know, get your attention. <clears throat> well, guess what? Ignore the roar. <laughs> Ignore the volume change that's trying to get your attention. You know, if, if, we didn't, if it did not bring our attention to what they were trying to do, they wouldn't do it. So the challenge is for us in our, every, in our everyday life, evil does the very same thing. Our tempta the temptations that come to us. The, they just seem to, whoa, you know, ignore the roar. It just r raises itself up, and it's like, oh, you, you can't bypass it. You can't, you can't look beyond it. It's like this evil that's in front of you, and it's like, you know, keep your distance. <laughs> uh, I'm not, uh, you know, I, I'm ignoring the roar, ignoring the temptation. Greater is he that is in me than he's in the world, and it's kind of and it goes back down. So uh, when this evil comes knocking at your door, um, they said that um, most people don't answer their phones anymore. <laughs> Any reason why? <laughs> Spam calls. If they have a message, they'll leave, if they, if they are important, they'll leave a message. You know, it's like, you know, where's that come from? Well, that comes from Winber. I don't know the number. It's some person in California you know, using a Wimber number to advertise their wanting you to buy their car insurance or something. So, negative thoughts, these types of impositions, uh, the ringing of the phone, the volume on the television set, or the volume in a theater whenever the movie gets exciting, it's the roar that comes up. So, negative thoughts may come, but we choose not to listen. It's almost like when it gets really loud, that's a sign that we need to turn it off <laughs> in our head, ignoring the roar. So when you stay in faith, God will make sure you have everything you need to reach your destiny, and it doesn't have to do with the advertisement or the roar of temptation. We need to put, thing, put things in their place and allow the peace of God that passes understanding to keep the volume where it needs to be and turn a deaf ear to those things. I had a friend, um, he, you know, he would go to youth convention. He was a presbyter, and he would go to youth convention. If none of you have been to youth convention, they can blow the roof off of the, you know, the, the center, the giant center and so on, because they have speakers that would probably blow the roof off. <laughs> But my friend, he used to sit there, and when now all that would come on, he'd just go, click, he'd turn his hearing aid off. <laughs> so, and sometimes, you know, we need to have that type of click to the temptation or to the sound that is coming. Well, 
1 Samuel chapter 12 is where we're reading from. Verse 12, chapter 12, verse 12. When you saw that Nahash, the king of the Amorites, was moving against you, you said to me, no, we want a king to rule over us. This is the, the, the children of Israel coming together, and they're, they're talking to Samuel, uh, the prophet Samuel. And they're, they're declaring what they need. This is the roar, <laughs> the roar that's coming to Samuel. And he says, we want, they, the people say, we want a king to rule over us. Even though the Lord your God was your king, now here is the king you have chosen, the one you asked for. See, the Lord has set a king over you. Verse 14. If you fear the Lord and serve and obey him and do not rebel against his commands, and if both you and the king reign over you, follow the Lord your God, good. But if you do not, obey the Lord. And if you rebel against his command, his hand will be against you as it was against your ancestors. Verse 16. Now then, stand still and see the great thing the Lord is about to do before your eyes. That's the key verse. You see, there's the roar. There's a solution. There's a, a blessing. There's a, um, not a reward, but a, a ch there are there are, there's, a there's something that has to be paid whenever you do the wrong thing. You know, the balance has to come out whenever it's the wrong thing is done. Verse 17. This is where, where the prophet is telling them to stand still. And verse 17 is, it is, is, it, is it not the wheat harvest? I will call on the Lord to send thunder and rain. And you will realize what an evil thing you did in the eyes of the Lord when you ask for a king. Then Samuel called on the Lord, and the same day the Lord sent thunder and rain, so all the people stood in awe of the Lord and Samuel. The people all said to Samuel, Pray to the Lord our, your God for your servants so that we will not die. For we have added to all our other sins the evil asking for a king. Then verse 20, Do not be afraid, Samuel said. You have done all this evil, Yet do not turn away from the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. Do not turn away after useless idols. They can do you no good, nor can they rescue you because they are useless. And, and the challenge in, in all of this is to see how that the children of Israel, and, and they, it's like we, they can't see, we can't see or put our hand on what it is that we want, but it's not, we, what we have is different than what other people have. And for Israel, it was different in the sense that God was their leader, their king. You know, and the prophets, God spe spoke through the prophets, and they, they acted out what God told them to do. And so they were protected, they were blessed, and so on. But the people, well, that's not good enough. We need a king. Stand up there in front of us, and we can say, the king said to do this, and we'll follow the king. Well, we know that they didn't follow the king either. But we, we are, sometimes we think that there's always something else a little better, something else people have that makes us um, more, what is it, more powerful, more inf um, information is power. So we want to have information so that we can accomplish more things. Well, for our lives, fa faith activates God. 
Faith is belief, understanding of God's character that he wishes to bless us, and he wants to provide and guide. Fear activates the enemy. Fear is that roar that comes in and says, you know, this is going to destroy you. This is going to hurt you. And one of the things that we see in these verses, it says, when they saw. (laughs) When they saw that their enemy was going to attack them, when the Philistines were coming against them, (laughs) their fear, their roar of fear came up inside of them, and they go to the prophet and say, we need a king. What good is a king going to do when the enemy's coming at you? We don't know, but if we had one, we'd be much better off. So... So they were going into this great battle. They didn't have a leader that they could look at and see and put out there on a pedestal on a chariot in front of them, but they did have a leader. They had the greatest leader. They had God. And they were to trust in what they could not see. God had spoken through the prophets. God would be their leader. And in our own lives, we're seeing, I see, the comparison, how that God is to be our leader, our guide. But it's, it's not just this wisp of something in the air. It is the word, the scripture. If we know the scripture, the Holy Spirit can quicken that scripture to our life and lead us in the, in the path of righteousness. So, but you see, <laughs> we can't see God. They wanted a God they could see. They wanted a king. Do we ask for some type of physical evidence for God to prove that he's really there? Yeah. But we're, you know, we have this similar perspective. I want someone to stand there. The godly advice, we want somebody to give us that counsel that would be God's counsel for us that I think we have, I know that we have this written word. And God is our counselor. The Holy Spirit is our guide. And so the Holy Spirit speaks his word to our heart and is our counselor. And what happens, you know, I think we have a hard time between our will, our learned behavior, and what God wants to do. And we're going back and forth with that. Well, it's the same thing here with Israel. They want a king so that the king will lead them, and they don't want to listen to God anyhow. Well, the challenge is for us to listen to the word and find out and let God challenge our behavior. Israel Israel said to Samuel, we want a king to rule over us. (laughs) Well... Samuel then outlines what's going to happen, what they need to do. Verse 14, If you fear the Lord and serve and obey him, and do not rebel against his commands, and if both you and the king who reign over you follow the Lord your God, good. So, if we look at the scriptures, if we understand the application of the scriptures to our life, and we let the word of God reign over our life. Good is coming. Good is part of us. Good is just the natural outcome of, of who we are. Verse 15 says, But if you do not obey the Lord, and if you rebel against his commands, his hand will be against you as it was against your ancestors. 
So the challenge, uh, again, another challenge is that we see in our society. You know, we look at our society and say, wow, it's really going... Well, they are rebelling against the authority of God. (laughs) Good will appear to be evil. Evil will appear to be good in the last days. That's what the scriptures tell us. So we do not need to be anxious or fearful about what's coming and is this the last day? Will I be going to heaven when, you know, <laughs> I wrote it here. I, I have a hard time when I talk, some talk, there's, there's a couple of individuals, basically they say, how bad can I be and still get into heaven? <laughs> you know, how many sins can I commit and God will still let me in, you know? I told you about the guy uh, that, uh, in, you know, he, 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 he was sure that God needed some help in heaven. And, you know, he was going to die. He was terminally ill. And he says, I think that's why I'm terminally ill, because uh, God needs some help up there, and he wants me to get there sooner. <laughs> this is true. And he said, also, he said, well, if I can't get in the gate, I know I have friends. They'll open a window for me in the wall true perspective you know that he you know I, it's, where did you get that oh I you know, I put it in the scripture and I go to church I've heard it <laughs> you see people have lots of strange ideas uh, and uh, you know how do they come up with them I don't know but they they have lots of opinions you know, a lot of people have opinions. <laughs> Run, yeah, yeah. Run, you know, what's it going to happen? What's it going to take? What's it going to do? Well, did you ever ask yourself, why do, God, why do I question God? <laughs> you know, how many of my, well, I don't think, hopefully none of us have absurd, 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 that's whatever, uh, opinions that are so skewed that that are like that but we're allowed to ask questions but sometimes we ask why God I think you know it's our fallen nature to doubt our fallen our nature our human nature okay prove it the cynical part of us prove it (laughs) if that's right prove it well but the problem is we don't want it to happen once. We'd like to happen every day, you know. After, if, you know, that's why God doesn't prove, you know, over and over and over again. Because once we'd have, oh, did it, what about this one? You know, God, prove that you're here, you know. And we'd set up this lines of, of uh, dominoes that would say, God, you need to prove this day, and you need to prove this day. And God only proves it once. He rose from the dead. He, he died on the cross for our sins. He descended into hell and he rose from the dead. That's all the proof. If he never does anything else for us, that's enough. If we never have another blessing from God, we never have another understanding of God, if there is nothing ever fulfilled of promise in our life, that one event is all we need because he died for us in our sin. And he rose from the dead and because he lives, we will live also. Where are we? You know, He's telling us, I've got this for you. <laughs> well, we want this, and we want that. It's just like the children of Israel, they want a king. Sometimes we're like that. Verse 14. 
If you fear the Lord and serve and obey him and do not rebel against his commands. <laughs> you know, rebel means to stand in opposition. <laughs> I, I don't think, I don't, I, I don't think. Yeah, we know that, Pastor. <laughs> you, know, you ain't too bright, preacher, but at least you can see that, you know. But the idea is, I don't think that we say that we stand in opposition to God. I don't think we would ever say that, you know, well, I'm in opposition to this. You know, I'm in opposition to, to you know, we're open to the scripture and we're open to the, the teachings of the word and the moving of the Holy Spirit and we're open to this. We want God, we, we long for God to bless our lives and to display his grace and his mercy, not only to us, but through us, for people to know that God is real and that God is here to help us. And so I don't think we rebel, that we stand in opposition to, to God or to his moving or to his spirit's work in our life. We don't, we don't rebel. And so we then trust. <laughs> we trust. We trust God, even when there isn't an answer to a prayer. We were talking in Sunday school about Nehemiah. And word came back, he was, he was the cupbearer to the king. And word came back from Jerusalem to uh, Nehemiah, and it caused him great distress. And he prayed, and he wept, and he fasted before God. And then four months later, he approached the king. The, the challenge is that he went before the king not only to ask for permission to go back to Jerusalem and rebuild the wall and rebuild the city, he had a plan. He, he had a plan. He, 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 you know, often, we, I said this in Sunday school, that often we want to get permission, then we'll have a plan. Well, the king, when he asked Nehemiah, he says, what, basically, what do you want? And how are you going to do that? And Nehemiah had a plan. How long is this going to take? Nehemiah had a plan. <laughs> well, in our faith, we're not rebelling against God, an opposition. We're wanting to learn how to flow with the Spirit, how to walk in the Spirit. Now, that's not so spiritually minded, no earthly good. That walking in the Spirit is meeting the needs and, and meeting the needs of people in their lives and meeting them at their level and allowing God to move through us to touch them. So it's in those places of choice. It's there that we find the roar <laughs> that says, oh, don't do this. You know, this will happen. And we're like, no, we're at peace. There's, turn the volume down on that. We pray. We remember our weakness. We don't pretend we don't have them but we are made strong in the Lord. Stand still in faith, verse 16. Now then, stand still and see this great thing the Lord is about to do before your eyes. Samuel is saying to the people, watch this. Now, watch and see what God is about to do. Verse 17. Is it not wheat harvest? Now this is the importance of this Stand still and see what God is about to do. It's wheat harvest, and that means it's a dry season. It never rains. 
okay? They don't get an occasional shower. This is <laughs> the Middle East. It doesn't rain at this time of the year. And Samuel says, I will call upon the Lord to send thunder and rain. Well, <laughs> it doesn't rain, Samuel. <laughs> and Samuel says, oh, yes, it is. And you will realize what an evil thing you did in the eyes of the Lord when you ask for a king. Now, we should, you would think that God would say, enough's enough, you know, you've rebelled enough, you've lost track enough, I'm through with you. Sometimes we need to realize God isn't through with us and that there are people that are rebellious against God and God is not through with them. Sometimes we need to pray for them and say, you wait and see, God's going to do something in your life. Because if we don't tell them God is going to do something in their life, the thing will happen and they say, wow, where'd that come from? <laughs> and then we come along and say, oh, that was God. Well, that's a fine time to tell me it's from God. <laughs> tell them beforehand. Tell people that God is going to do something in your life. That's our speaking faith to them. God's going to change your life from the inside out. You know, I'm tired of using a sledgehammer on you and being gentle. <laughs> That's a little bit. Boom. There you go. Thank you. There we go. So faith and trust in the Word, the, Holy, the Scriptures, and the Holy Spirit, they, they you know... They are enough, no doubts. So, the Holy Spirit brings and speaks the word into our lives. And sometimes people's wounds are there. And that's why they, they don't believe. Uh, they're, they've been wounded, sometimes very deeply and sometimes very superficially. They prayed as a, as a child and nothing happened, so there is no God. You know, we don't know why people don't believe, but we know that God believes in them. God believes in us. And so we speak the truth. We, we speak under the unction of the Holy Spirit. And you know, I used to, we used to hear that a lot whenever I was growing up, the unction of the Holy Spirit. And I always thought it was like the, um, the Holy Spirit just kind of prodding you, you know, a little jab in the butt, you know, move it, kid, move it, unction, go on, you know. But unction means ointment of God's healing word. The ointment of God's healing word. So when we speak under the unction of the Holy Spirit, we are speaking the healing ointment of God upon someone's life. <laughs> wow. We are speaking under the unction of the Holy Spirit. It's not just a motivator, it is a healing ointment of God coming into someone's life to heal the wounds and to heal their life. Wow. So we're allowing ourselves then to speak under the unction of the Holy Spirit. So God reminds us he reminds us every morning that whenever we get up, we need to give thanks. Give thanks for the day. As soon as you open your eyes, don't wait to see if it's sunny or rainy or cloudy or you're in a fog. 
Some of our people live way up on the mountain, you know. And it's always foggy. And um, they are people of the fog. (laughs) Not really. But we need to get up every morning, and before anything happens, before anything else, we need to give God thanks for the day. Give thanks for the air that we breathe. The song, you know. Give thanks for the air that we breathe, that it's what God has done for us. You know, it's God's breath in our lungs that we pour out our praise. How's your day going? Well, I don't know. You have to wait and see. No. I don't have to wait for anything. We put on the armor of God. Jesus is my helmet. My salvation, the breastplate of righteousness. He is my righteousness. Jesus is truth. He is the word. He is the truth. Thy word is truth. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The shield of faith. Faith is the unction of the Holy Spirit, of the word in our lives. The shoes of peace. Jesus is our peace. So we stand still and see the salvation of our Lord. We quiet the roar that is trying to distract us. You know, and I said the title of my sermon was, Quiet the Roar and... Destroy the nest. Thursday, we found a bird's nest. And it was on the back where we have our camper stored. The one beside us, they have this bumper going out, and there's a bird's nest sitting on it. I thought, well, that's just somebody set that there. I walked over, and I said, no, there's three little blue blue eggs in there. And, you know, what a place to have a bird's nest on the back of an RV. <laughs> you know, the, the bird was in, in a, in a, wanting to be in a moving home. <laughs> they were going to pick up residents, you know, just put it on the back of an RV and it's going to take them somewhere else. <laughs> Where's the most strangest place that you found a bird's nest? I th- another strange place I saw a bird's nest was at La Trobe at the airport. We were flying somewhere, and I looked, and there's this big four-wheel drive truck and in the back rear uh, bumper, in, in the wheel well, there's a bird's nest right in there. <laughs> I thought, now that truck has been here for a while. <laughs> but most of the time, we're trying to destroy bird's nests whenever they put them in the wrong places. Well, <laughs> sometimes doubt and fear and anger and poverty and distress addictions, they have their little nests in our lives. And I I thought of migrating birds. Do you know there's a season of testing? You know, there are, you know, I think in the daytime, there are day, in a day there is a, a time of weakness in our life. Maybe it's evening, maybe it's morning, maybe it's at noon. Well, then there are weeks or days during the month that we are we have a test. Or there are certain seasons of our life. And this is what I thought when Jesus, he said in Luke, and when, he, when the devil had ended all the temptations, he departed him for a season. So there are seasons of testing. And did you know, it's like migrating birds. Migra- migrating birds can return to the same nest every year. There are migrating temptations. There are seasons of temptation. 
And sometimes we preserve their nests <laughs> of bitterness, of fear, of family, of difficulties and whatever. And, but you see, we need to destroy those nests. You see, that's like the, the, the roar. It's something that comes every once in a while. There's a battle coming. Doubt shows up. We need God. We need somebody to lead us. And quiet the roar. God will take care of it. Well, what's this nest <laughs> in this strange place in your life? You know, you kind of preserve it there because every year I go through the same thing, like people with holidays. You know, it's because holidays never meant what we thought they would be. And so that kind of always haunts them. And that's their little nest of disappointment. And then there are different nests of addictions or family or poverty or whatever it is that we kind of, we kind of preserve this because this is the nest that always comes to play, uh, you know, that always comes to nest in my life. Poverty always shows up and takes away my riches. Do something stupid or foolish. <laughs> People who gamble and lose it all. Their little nest. So, the challenge is to destroy the nest. We need to look at the forces that stop our life. Whether they are the roar of something or whether it's a nest that, show, that we have secured somewhere and the, and the temptation shows up every season. We're going to take new ground we're going to allow God's word to shatter the nest and turn down the volume of fear. We're going to build new goals. We're going to have new areas of life that God wants to uh, build in us. We're going to find ways that God is going to enlighten us and his, his spirit is going to help us and that we can enjoy life and that we can be part of the kingdom of God and the blessing of God that's going to flow through us to other people. The unction of the spirit, the, whole, the oil of healing, God's word of healing comes from us to others. And guess what? We don't have to apply the ointment to the wound. God will. <laughs> because when you try to apply the ointment to the wound, it's going to hurt, and they're going to tell you to leave them alone. <laughs> but you see, we put the ointment of the, the Spirit there, and God will apply it. God will destroy the nest that we seemingly protect for the migrating bird, the migrating temptation. It's going to be the hand of God, not the hand of man. It's not going to be us destroying you know, and our supernatural power showing up to, no. It's the word of God, the power of the Holy Spirit that is going to turn down the volume, that's going to help us know, locate those nests and destroy them. So we begin each day by being thankful. We begin each day by putting on the armor of God and remembering Jesus is my armor. That we remember that the Lord has already done great things for us in the past. He's brought us out of our sins and out of our poverty and out of our bondage to a free land 
where he promises to be our God and our leader. We remember that the Lord will answer my prayers. We remember that the Lord will do a new thing in my life. Behold, all things, all, all things pass away. Behold, all things become new. The Lord is my salvation, my rock, my fortress. I am secure in the arms of my Father. The Lord has redeemed me from the hand of my enemy. Is there anything too hard for God? Ignore the roar. Destroy the nest. And allow God to bless you. Amen. Father, we thank you for hearing our prayers. And God, in ourselves we fail. Sometimes we like those nests. <laughs> they become comfortable for a season. But Lord, that season leads to destruction of a lifetime. So Lord, we pray for your blessing to be upon us. Your ability, your power, Lord, to turn down the volume of the roar of doubt and fear of our past. God, we allow the unction of the Holy Spirit to heal our wounds. And that, Lord, those evil things and wrong things that try to nest, Lord, we drive them away by the power of your word. And that, Lord, we have the armor, the armor of God that protects us from these things. We pray, God, for your blessing on our life. We pray, Lord, for the unction of your spirit upon what we say to ourselves and to others. We ask this oil of healing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. <laughs>